Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. What a blessed privilege it is for us to be in the house of the Lord, particularly on this Sunday. If you're able, stand on your feet, celebrate our God, give God our, the praise as we come to celebrate Family and Friends Day as well as the deacon ordination. Amen. Amen. Good morning to those that are in the house as well as those watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website. Welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want you to do the following. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline and tag those you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text the link of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in our chat room, you can go to our church website, click on the invite button in the chat window and share this experience with others. Also, if you're watching us online, if you don't mind just putting in the chat where you're watching us from, we want to give you a major shout out to our Zoom congregation. I see you and I just want to wave at you as well. Uh, Minister Erica Minor. Uh, is going to lead us in worship. Uh, newly minted graduate of Hood Theological Seminary. We thank God for her. Amen. Amen. So at this time, she will come and lead us in worship. Good morning, St. Paul. Good morning. Happy Friends and Family Day. You all look beautiful this morning. Yes. Romans 12, 1 and 2 reminds us urges us, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what is God's perfect, good, pleasing will. You've already pressed your way this morning. You've made yourself available to be in the house. So worship God this morning. Lift your voices, clap your hands, participate in this worship experience because this is what we were created for and it's what makes us pleasing in the sight of God. Let us stand to our feet and worship God in song with our choir.
God in whom we live, move, and have our being. Our souls thirst for a life-affirming experience with you today. God, we thank you for already being here and surrounding us with your presence. We are grateful for another annual Friends and Family Day. We're grateful that we get to gather in anticipation of the release of your glory in hopes that people will be saved today, that minds will be renewed, that faith will be increased, bodies will be healed, and families will be restored. Lord, we ask that love be the order of this day. Lord, we want you to be pleased with our worship as we lift our voices in praise and adoration of your name. Lord, allow the music to lift us, the prayers to propel us, and Lord, please let the word of God that goes forth, Lord, let that sermon empower us. Lord, have your way. We need your Holy Spirit to stir us up so that we leave this service transformed and eager to serve you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do on this day. In your powerful name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, Lord, we praise you. 
I believe we could do a whole lot better than that. It may be raining outside, but we ought to have a praise on our lips inside. Let me try that one more time. It may be raining outside, but we ought to have a praise on our lips inside. Let me try that one more time for the Holy Ghost. It might be raining outside, but we ought to have a praise on our lips inside. Some of y'all ain't been to church in a month of Sundays. You ought to be able to give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. But this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice. Hallelujah. And be glad in it. Good morning, St. Paul. And good morning to all of those who are worshiping with us. We greet you in the marvelous, majestic, and magnificent name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is Family and Friends Day. And of course, we're certainly delighted and excited uh, to have so many people that are visiting with us. And I know that this cadre of deacons who are about to be ordained have a lot of their family and friends that are here with us. So we're going to ask, uh, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to ask that our visitors, would you please stand? I just, we ain't going to ask you to say anything. We just want to acknowledge you and give God praise for you. Amen. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Amen. We could do a whole lot better than that. Come on, St. Paul. As we move with our worship uh, experience, we're certainly delighted and elated for each and every one of you that's joining us this morning. And we don't take your presence for granted. We thank God for your being here. Just a few things I want to share with you uh, before we move forward with the um, uh, service of ordination. Just want to let you all know that on Saturday, August 6th, Saturday, August 6th at 9 o'clock, We're going to have our church conference. Our church conference is going to be online. It's going to be totally virtual. And so uh, that's going to be at 9 o'clock a.m. Registration is now open for our annual church conference. This is where we will uh, bring before you what we've done in this last fiscal year, what we plan to do uh, in the next fiscal year. I will share with you uh, some things and goals and objectives that we want to move forward with. And, of course, give you all the financial reports uh, from our church administrator as well as our auditors. And so uh, that's going to be at 9 o'clock on Saturday, August 6th. You need to register to be a part of that. Also, just want to let you all know that on this Tuesday, July 12th at 7 o'clock, for those that don't know, uh, I'm running for president of our General Baptist State Convention. And amen. Pray for me. (laughs) There will be a candidates forum. There will be a candidates forum this Tuesday um, uh, at 7 o'clock. And if you want to check out that forum, go to the General Baptist State Convention website, register, so they can send you a link so you can check out that forum. And that that will be a time that we will be able to share our platform and do some Q&A with persons across the state as far as our state convention is concerned. Also, I want to thank those who have signed up for our blood drive today that's taking place outside the mobile unit is on the corner of Allen and 17th Street. And so uh, thank you all so very, very much for that. Um, I don't see Reverend Dia in the house, but I do want to stress next Sunday, next Sunday is Souls to the Polls Sunday. And so our social justice ministry is inviting you to bring souls to the polls. If you live in Charlotte, this is election time. Amen. Let me try that one more time. If you live in Charlotte, 
It's election time. And, and let me, I want to stress something. I want to stress something. Every election is important. Is this mic on? Scott, is the mic working? Oh, okay. All right. Let me say that one more time. Every election is important. Uh, and, and, and you need to vote for everybody, including the dog catcher. All right. Every election is important. And the one that has the greatest bearing on you will be your local election and state election. So this is a local election for those that live in Charlotte. Um, we want as many people to go to the polls. You're voting for your city council as well as mayor. Do your research. Come ready to vote and exercise your right to vote. Amen. Amen. Also, just want to mention that on July 31st, it's going to be our annual Youth Sunday, and our youth will be in charge, and I have asked for Minister Eric Edwards Jr. He's going to be our preacher for that day, and uh, we're looking forward to him sharing the word that the Lord has laid on his heart for our young people, and the Lord is doing a mighty work with him. I want to remind you all. Uh, and again, I need to stress this for those that are in the church right now. I want to remind you all that COVID is still real. There's a new uh, virulent strand that's out. And um, it's spreading like wildfire. I think I was the only person on my flight yesterday that had a mask on. Um, and, and I ain't playing with this thing. So, so here at St. Paul, here at St. Paul, we continue to wear our mask during the worship service. I am asking, no, I'm not asking, I'm telling you to follow the directions of our ushers and our medical team. Uh, if they're asking you to sit somewhere, it's not because they're trying to be mean or rude, or rude. They are following my instructions. They are my authority into the congregation. Like if you get on a flight and the captain said that the flight attendants basically has his authority in the uh, seating area, they're my authority into the congregation. So I don't care if you are a preacher, teacher, deacon, whatever. If they ask you to do something, please, ma'am, please, sir, do it. Uh, we're trying to keep you all as safe as possible. And we can't do church like we used to. Can't flow like you used to. Why? Because this COVID variant uh, has created a lot of dysfunction as far as our reality is concerned. So please, ma'am, please, sir, govern yourselves accordingly. I do want to encourage you, though, get vaccinated. Amen. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. And once you get vaccinated, get boosted. Um, get your first, second. If they come out with a third booster, I'm getting that too. Uh, but but it, it, it does not keep you from getting COVID. But if you get it, it can greatly diminish the impact that COVID has on you. Amen? Amen. So we ask that you all will do that. Um, I want to also just mention... That as we get ready to receive the Lord's offering, uh, we have so far raised almost $8,000 for the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Amen. And I'm going to talk more about that when we prepare to do the Lord's offering. Um, at this time, we're going to prepare for uh, a time of prayer. And as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, there are quite a few prayer concerns that we want to mention uh, at this time, the family of Brother Merlin Biddle, who is the brother of disciple Victoria Curitan and brother-in-law of disciple Janie Biddle. We want to lift that family up in prayer. We want to lift up the Blocker family, Oscar Frazier, Yvonne Pettis, 
Crystal Truesdale, and of course our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, uh, Lady Thomasina. We want to continue to lift them up in prayer as well as the other names that will be scrolling up and down on the, the list. I'm going to ask that Minister Erica uh, Minor would come and take us to the throne of grace uh, so that we can let our prayer requests be made known unto the Lord. Let us go to God in prayer. Dear God, we are grateful that you are our shepherd and that you know exactly how to love us, how to guide us, and how to protect us. Lord, we are grateful that you are with us each and every day and that you hold our hand. Lord, thank you so much for our wonderful church family and the fact that we had another opportunity to celebrate our friends and family and come together and worship you in person this year. Lord, we're grateful for not just that we have people in the sanctuary, but that we have a congregation online that is wanting to be close to you as well, Lord. Thank you for the growth of our church. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us and how you protect us each and every day. We thank you for being our protector. We thank you for being our provider. Even we don't know how to make ends meet. Even when we see the news and that things are more expensive and our jobs are not giving us raises, Lord, you still make a way out of no way. And we just want to thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Lord, we, we come to you humbly today, just asking for repentance. We ask humbly for your forgiveness because although you do so much for us, we know we are not deserving of all the things that you do, Lord. We don't worship you the way we should. We don't spend time with you the way we should. And Lord, there are times we don't love our neighbors the way that you instructed us to. But Lord, you still do for us. And Lord, we just ask that you forgive us and help us to do better. Lord, we ask that not just that you cover those of us and our uh, cover those that are in our communities locally, but Lord, we see the news each and every day, and we know there's so much going on overseas. Lord, there are humanitarian crises and war-torn countries that need you and need your love and protection just as much as we do, Lord. Lord, the people of the Ukraine and Sri Lanka and then Sudan and Afghanistan, Lord, they need you too. And we send up prayers asking you to cover them and watch over them and help the people who are in charge to have love and make better decisions for people over there. Lord, there are so many troubled hearts in here today, Lord. There are people who are suffering the death of loved ones. There are people who are spending time in hospital rooms with family members that just don't know if they're going to get to see another day. Lord, we ask that you, you keep watch over them in their hospital rooms, that you stay by their bedside, and that you comfort both the family members and those who are sick those who are filled with disease, those who are injured, those that have heartbreak because they've lost loved ones or they have heartbreak because they are going through a divorce. Lord, remind them that you are their peace. Remind them that you are the center of their joy and all they need to do is keep clinging to you in these situations, Lord. Help us to be better brothers and sisters to them as they go through the hard times and not forget about them as they are going through each and every day. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you are doing for us. We thank you for the shepherd that you have given us over this house. Lord, thank you for the leadership that he brings. And thank you for all those who co-labor with him. Thank you for our existing deacons and for the new ones that we are going to ordain on today, Lord. We thank you for all that they do to keep this house going so that we can be better servants of you. 
Lord, bless the preacher who will bring us the word today and the word that, that it will just touch us, that it will move us, that it will transform us and renew our minds so that we can be better servants of you, Lord. Lord, bless our children. They are out on summer break, Lord. And although this year proved that schools are not much safer, Lord, just keep watch over them as gun violence is increasing in this world. And people don't care about our children the way they should. Just protect them as they are out of school this summer. Lord, we thank you for all that you are able to do in our lives. And we thank you for all that you enable us to do for one another. Lord, just keep watch over us and bless the St. Paul, Paul family that we can keep doing for our neighbors. We love you and we trust you for everything that we have asked today. And we trust that your will will be done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you believe the Lord is answering your prayer, can you give God the praise that's so richly and rightfully deserved? We could do a whole lot better than that. Come on. It's offering time. It's offering time. It's offering time. I, I'm going to stop playing just for a moment. Um, I, I need to do this before we receive the Lord's offering. Uh, Jerry, you can just have a seat. I'm going to take five minutes to do this. And y'all know what I'm getting ready to do, don't you? Uh, it came out on social media um, that a well-known preacher in Atlanta said tithing is not biblical. Dr. Mick, you don't mind if I take some time? Yeah. Um, uh, that, that tithing is, is not biblical. Now, some of y'all listen to him and Maybe even believe me. Some of y'all ain't tired in anyway, so it don't matter. But 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 this is my opportunity to really take about five minutes to to, to clear up some things. Um. Um. First of all, tithing is in the Bible. Um. And tithing took place before the Mosaic law. As a matter of fact, the first person that we see in the Bible that gives a tithe is Abraham, who gives a tithe to the priest of Salem named Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Okay? We see that in Genesis. And then Jacob, even the trickster, promised to give the Lord a tithe that the Lord would bless him. Uh, so, so tithing is pre-law. Y'all with me? Pre-law. It's pre-law. It's before the law that Moses gives in Exodus and Leviticus and, and Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's pre-law. But then there's also the tithing that is of the law. And that is where Moses spells out the reason for the tithe because it is to support, of course, the tabernacle at that time as well as the Levites who did not even own land or houses. And so he spells out for them the type of tithe that they gave. And back during that time, uh, tithing was not only of your substance, but of your agriculture as well. So he talked about these different tithes and offerings. Then we come to Malachi. And of course, God is chastising Israel uh, in Malachi chapter 3 because they failed to bring the tithe to the storehouse. And then Jesus... In Matthew 23, 23, does not do away with the tithe. He tells them, you tithe on your 
anise, your mint, your cumin. This you ought to have done and not neglect the weightier matters of the law. So Jesus did not do away with the tithe, but he helped us to understand this profound thing. Right giving without right living will cause you to miss your blessing. However, the corollary is the same, that right living without right giving will cause you to miss your blessing as well. So it takes both working in synchronicity to really get the blessing that God has for you. Because you can't pay God off for your sins. So that ain't how this works, okay? So, 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 so Jesus does not do away with time. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but what to fulfill it and to really raise it to a higher level. And then there are those who say, well, we were under grace now. So, so, you know, we don't see Paul talking about it, but it is talked about in Hebrews chapter seven. And in Hebrews chapter seven, we see that the author of Hebrews talks about, watch this Melchizedek and Melchizedek was a prototype of Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I want you all to understand, is that when you understand what tithing is all about, tithing is the starting point, not the finishing point. T- tithing is really the preliminary. And when, we, we, when you hear people talking about grace giving, if you want to talk about grace giving, grace calls for it all. Because Jesus gave it all. Now, 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 let me help you understand something because it is not God's desire for anybody to to give out of compulsion or uh, out of what they feel is obligation. But can can I just share something with you all? I tithed for several reasons. Number one, I tithed because Jesus did it. I tithed because Jesus did it. I tithed because it's biblical. I'm afraid not to tithe. All right? The Lord has been... Better to me than I, than I deserve. I tithe because God has blessed me beyond measure. And watch this. And watch this. And since I'm under grace, I give more than the tithe. Because in Malachi, it talks about giving tithes and offerings. And so one thing that you have to do in biblical interpretation, and Dr. McMichael is a former university, um, a seminary president. And if I'm wrong, please correct me right now. But you got to learn how to build what we call theological interpretive bridges from yesteryear to the day so you can engage in right application. Am I making any sense? In other words, when you read the text from back then, you have to build a theological interpretive bridge to today to properly interpret the text. So when we look at even Malachi chapter three, and it talks about giving tithes and offerings, Tithing is what? 10%. Your offering is that which is above the tithe. So whenever we ask you to give a special offering for homecoming, church anniversary, stuff like that, you're giving an offering. Whenever we give this offering for the Charlotte Rescue Mission, you're giving an offering. You're giving above the tithe. Am I making any sense? So, so here's the deal. Anybody that listens to Creflo Dollar for biblical interpretation, you're a suspect anyway. And what you have to understand is that he was talking to his congregation. Now, if he's your pastor, you do what he tells you to do. But as your pastor, I'm the one that's responsible for your soul. So I want to encourage you as we prepare to give our tithes 
and offering. It was prepared to give out tithes and offering. There are three ways that you can give here at St. Paul. Several ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. First of all, you can mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. Or you can drop off cash, check, or money order here at the church. Call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Second way you can give is through ACS or Church Life through our website. Another way you can give is through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. For those of you all who have a physical offering in the church right now, there's a basket on the road that is in front of you. And uh, at the appropriate time, you can drop your offering in that basket. Our count team will uh Collect it so we can go count it. So however you're giving today, if you would take your offering, I want you to lift it to the sky uh, in your right hand if you're able. And we're going to ask that you will bow your heads in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you in giving. Not as a money scheme, not as a get rich quick scheme, but because you have blessed us. You have commanded us to do this, and we realize that love and obedience goes together in demonstrating faith. Lord, we pray right now for all that are here and for those that are watching us online. If you will take our offerings, bless them in a Godful way so that your word, your witness, your work, and your worship can go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. Lord, consecrate right now this, your offering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the basket that is front of you, if you would just put your offering in that basket, we greatly appreciate it. Our account team will receive it at this time. Um, Brother Joe, if you would come and get maybe, uh, let me see, pass these out and you get somebody else to help you with that. And I'm going to call you all up just a moment. Hey, Brother Jerry, I got something for you. At this time, we're getting ready to present and bring before you 15 women and men that you all have recommended to me to be placed in training for the office of deacon. And I'm going to ask uh, if they would come at this time and split up between the two sides. Seven on one side, eight on the other. I think that's 15. I'm going to ask that our deacons would stand at this time. In a few moments, you're going to hear a word from our guest preacher. He has written a book um, dealing with deacons in the Black Baptist Church, and he will share more poignantly as far as your office is concerned. 
But at this particular time, I want to give you a charge and the deacons that are also um, present, we will all say this charge together. And so does everyone have a sheet, all of our deacons? Well, then you need to be down here. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. You have been selected from this congregation to serve St. Paul Baptist Church as deacons. Your position as servant leader is important because humility and compassion are keys for this office. Therefore, I charge you to serve God through this congregation with compassion and humility. Deacons. You are lay assistance to the pastor. Therefore, I charge you to remember that you remember your pastor in prayer and be a help, not a hindrance to him. As deacons, God called you to persevere in tough times, love one another through rough times and uphold the integrity of your office and the ministry of this church. Deacons, This time I'm going to ask if you all would bow your heads for a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the deacons that currently have been asked to serve. And now, God, we come and we set apart 15 women and men who will join them in service. No glamour. This is grime. No glitz, no glory. This is work, service. Help these that are getting ready to join them to understand that God, you have called and commissioned them for such a time as this. To be servants of St. Paul Church by helping the pastor to care for this congregation. Have your way, O God. We pray that you will allow for these newly minted persons who are coming into the diaconate to take instruction and leadership from the leader of the deacon's ministry and from the pastor. Consecrate them now. 
We pray as hands will be laid on each and every one of them to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The current deacons, you may be seated. I'm going to ask that the chair and the vice chair would join me up front. If you all would remove the contents from the envelope. This is your deacon certificate.
And it reads, Certificate of Unnation, sister or brother, your name having been chosen, one of good report, full of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom and capable of using the office well, was publicly ordained and set apart to the work of a deacon by St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina, on the 10th day of July, 2022. Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott, pastor, Deacon Dorothy Barnes, Deacon Chair, Evelyn Watson, church clerk. This is your certificate. You need to frame it. It is a sacred place. St. Paul, I'm going to ask if you could, can we celebrate? I look forward as well as. Dorothy Barnes and Ted Pearson look forward to serving with you all as we serve the congregation here at the St. Paul Church. It's been a joy working with you all for the last 18 months. Uh, and you all have proven yourself uh, worthy of, of being able to serve. Uh, this is something you all have earned. This is something, it's not given by grace. You've earned it. The grace that you have is by the salvation of Jesus Christ. But you worked hard and you earned this. So thank you for allowing me to share with you all. And at this time, you may return to your seat. Let's give God praise for them as they go back to their seats. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Amen. We'll take pictures after service. Um, we'll take pictures after service as far as um, that's concerned. I want to get this preacher up. They doing something over there. Okay. Just gonna kick me to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Pastor, it's actually been two and a half years. Oh, has it been that long? Yes. <laughs> we oh, want to thank you for the love that you shared over that time and the teaching that you have done for us. So we ask that this time that you accept this small token of the pillow of servanthoods, appreciation for all that you've done for us. Thank you. Oh, I'll wait till later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Can we give them another round of applause? It's been a joy. I didn't realize it had been two and a half years. Good Lord, Jesus. Okay. Y'all overcooked. All right. It's preaching time. Let's give God praise. Uh, this is his first time coming to the St. Paul Baptist Church. Uh, but if anyone knows anything about African-American preaching across the width and breadth of this land, he is no stranger. Uh, he is a pastor emeritus. 
He is a seminary um, president, seminary teacher, uh, and just a churchman extraordinaire. He is none other than uh, the Reverend Dr. Marvin A. McMichael. He is a double doctorate uh, attainee, uh, doctor of ministry from uh, Princeton Theological Seminary, and then earned a PhD from Case Western University. Um, it's just absolutely, Case Western Reserve University, he is absolutely just a gentleman and a scholar. Where is George? George, he's a Kappa. All right. Oh, and Ron, he's a Kappa. So y'all stop messing with me about not having Kappas to preach. I, I let Kappas preach at St. Paul. Amen. Um, he and I, we were, we were inducted into the Morehouse College, uh, uh, Morehouse uh, College Board of Preachers back in 2006 together. And, um, of course, I've admired him from afar, and it is my delight to have him um, to share with us. He's written a book uh, dealing with deacons in the black church, and I felt that it would be more than wonderful to have asked someone of his magnitude and stature to join us as far as... Um, this moment is concerned. And so, St. Paul, we are blessed to have with us the Reverend Dr. Marvin Andrew McMichael. Um, he is the pastor, emeritus, senior pastor emeritus of the Antioch Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the husband to Peggy and the father to Aaron. Um, God has allowed for him to preach across the width and breadth of this world in sharing the unsearchable riches of the gospel. And we are blessed to have him here with us. And so after our choir blesses us with song, our singing uh, aggregation, the next voice you will hear will be that of our preacher for the hour. I ask that you will pray for him and with him, that the Lord will use him in a mighty way, and that you will be blessed by what God has given to him to give to us. Amen.
I think I'm on. Yes, there we go. Give the Lord a hand for that wonderful ministry of music. We give thanks and praise to the living God on today. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we've come together to rejoice and to be glad in it. I want to thank the Lord for another day's journey. When I was growing up, they used to sing in our church, another day's journey. And I'm so glad the world can't do me no harm. And then the second verse said, I beat the devil running. And I'm so glad the world can't do me no harm. I want to acknowledge your great pastor, my friend, Reverend Dr. Robert Charles Scott, and thank him so much for the invitation to come and be a part of these proceedings. I want to acknowledge his wonderful family, wife and daughter. We had a chance to break some bread on last evening courtesy of a recommendation from Debbie Dalton. And uh, everything you recommended came through. So thank you for all you've done to help get me here and be a part of this. And uh, to these new deacons, praise the Lord for every one of you. And the work that you are about to begin. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you've allowed us to be in this place. That we are sheltered beneath the umbrella of your name and your love and your power and your mercy and your grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. So now, Lord, give us a word to say on this occasion. Word that will enlift, uplift and inform and encourage those who begin this new ministry as deacons in the body of Christ. For all their family and friends who have come to share in this, for this wonderful musical ensemble. Blessings on them. For this associate pastor who has prayed uh, for us today with such fervor. For every family represented and every home that is present, we give you praise through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I left my phone, my prayers, my scriptures right here. All right. I have two scripture texts I'd like to share with you on today. If you want to read along, I'm reading from the New International Version. First one is from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, uh, uh, 8 through 12, 8 through 12. And the second one is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Let's listen, first of all, to Exodus 17, verses 8 through 12. I want the deacons to imagine where you are in this story. And similarly, 
where you think you fit in in the second text. Exodus 17, verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up. One on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And then the second text is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, reading verses 1 through 5. Find yourself in this text as well. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I want to talk for a while from the thought, help wanted. Help wanted. I'm not the only person from Cleveland that has made his way to Charlotte in recent days. Preceding me to Charlotte is our former Cleveland Browns quarterback. Baker Mayfield. You will soon discover why we let him go. <laughs> he is too short to throw over the line and too slow to run away from linebackers. That's why <laughs> we let him go. Good luck. <laughs> but I bring up Baker Mayfield because at least you will all know his name. Uh -huh. Quarterbacks are like that, aren't they? They, 
They take over towns. They pop up in television commercials. They are at all manner of celebrity events. Everybody knows in an NFL town who the quarterback is. They occupy unusual prominence. But now imagine that the game clock is ticking down. And your team is either tied or down by two or three points. If you're ahead and you're about to win, this will not matter. But if you are tied or down by two or three points, in many instances, quarterback is going to be on the sidelines with his head down in prayer while three other players take the field. Not the high prized running backs, not the swift wide receivers, not the muscular tight ends, not anybody that most of you could call by name. Quarterback has done all that the quarterback can do. The running backs have got the ball as far as they can advance it. And now three other players come on the field. And I wonder if you could name in Charlotte any of the three of them. The long snapper. Now, the long snapper is not the center who snaps the ball to the quarterback. That's that's a different skill set. The long snapper has to be able to snap the ball in a perfect spiral, which is then caught by the holder, who has to turn the ball just in time for the laces to face in a certain direction so the kicker can come behind them and properly kick the ball, we hope, either as a field goal or a point after the touchdown. Now, the quarterback, that multi-million dollar contract, he's on the sidelines. The running back with all of that... uh, You know, all that pomp and ceremony cannot do a thing right now. Everything boils down to three people, and I wonder if you could name any of them. Who is the long snapper for the Carolina Panthers? Who's the holder of the football for the Carolina Panthers? Who is the field goal kicker for the Carolina Panthers? Sometimes everything rests in the hands of people whose names never get called. Sometimes everything boils down not to the performance of the first team or the star player. Sometimes it's a pinch runner or pinch hitter or sixth person coming off the bench. Sometimes the folks with the highest name recognition and maybe even the highest skill set have gone as far as they can go and from that point on somebody else comes on and everything hangs in the balance on whether or not the long snapper and the holder and the field goal kicker can win the game with the quarterback sitting on the sidelines. 
I want to suggest to you, deacons, that you ought to familiarize yourselves with the long snapper and the holder and the field goal kicker. If you want to be the quarterback, maybe you're in the wrong position. If you want to be on the starting lineup and be on the field uh, when the television cameras are going back and forth, maybe you've got the wrong aspiration. But if you want to be in a position that is just as important, just as vital, and maybe in some instances even more important because only you will be in certain places at certain times, maybe you are the ones who can answer the wanted, help want it. Want it. Men and women who will work whether or not their names are called, want it. Men or women who are prepared to serve, even if nobody is around to see what it is that they have done, they don't have to have a certificate of recognition every time they move a piece of paper. They don't have to have their name called every time they make a house call or a hospital call. They don't need to be set aside for times of glamour and recognition. They just want to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Hospital call, send me. Home visitation, send me. Someone is in trouble, send me. Somebody needs some help, send me. Whether I get recognition or not. And that's where these two texts come in. These, these two texts are just right for deacons. You tell me who is most important in this Exodus 17 passage. You tell me who is most important. The nation of Israel is going from slavery in Egypt to freedom in Canaan, but they haven't got there yet. In fact, they haven't even got to Mount Sinai yet. What happens in Exodus 17 will determine whether or not there is or is not going to be a nation of Israel. And on their way, they encounter their arch enemies, the Amalekites, and the Amalekites are determined not to let Israel pass through their land. And so Moses has to make a decision. And he does three things, or three things happen. First, he says to Joshua, you take the army, and you go down into the valley, and you confront the Amalekites head on. I'm going to go up on the mountain and take the staff of God in my hand. This is the staff with which I split the Red Sea. This is the staff that brought forth water out of a rock. This, this is the staff that has guided us from slavery to freedom. I'm going to take the promise of the presence of God with me up on this mountain. You, you fight. Now, as long as I can keep my hands up, we'll prevail. But God help us if my hands begin to fall. So just in case, I'm taking along two more. Aaron and her. I've heard songs written about Joshua, but never Aaron and her. 
not her songs about Moses, but never about Aaron and her. And yet if there had not been an Aaron or a her, there would have been no reason to make songs about Joshua or Moses because everything would have collapsed at that point. Now what did Aaron and her do? Notice what they did not do. Aaron and her did not say to Moses, you're old. You're tired. Give us the staff. And we will hold it up for you. No, they didn't say that. Uh, they didn't say, uh, uh, be sure to tell Joshua to look in our direction to be sure that he knows it is us who are performing this essential task. They did not do that. All that they did was put themselves one on one side and one on the other side. And they held up the arms of the man of God so the man of God could hold up the staff so the army of God could win the battle. Now you tell me who played the most essential role? Without whom could this victory have been won? And the answer is we needed Joshua and we needed Moses and we needed Aaron and her. And you need this preacher and you need that preacher. And you need all of these deacons to get all of this work done. Help, won't it? Even if, you know, it's not the central role. Okay, so you're not Baker Mayfield. Or Cam Newton, or Tom Brady, or Patrick Mahomes. Okay, but at the end of every game, I'm telling you, at the end of every game, you better have a long snapper. Yes, sir. And a holder. Yes, sir. And a good kicker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But at least in Exodus 17, their names are called. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It gets more complicated, more challenging in Mark chapter 2. Because in Mark chapter 2, all it says is, <laughs> some men came. Well, who were they? I just told you. Some men. Well, what were their names? Some men. Now, what were these some men doing? This is, this is a really fascinating text. This text is kind of a of an MRI or CAT scan of the church. Mark 2 begins by saying that Jesus had come back to Capernaum and so many folks went to the house where he was preaching that you could not get into the door. They packed in so tightly the door could neither open nor close because everybody had gone to church. They could not have missed a man lying on a pallet on their way to church. He could not get there by himself because he was paralyzed. But all the folks who wanted to get to church to hear Jesus passed him by because they were not going to do ministry. They were going to church. They, they, they passed the man on the pallet until some men came. And rather than prioritize, they're giving themselves to Jesus. They decided to pick this man up. Now the text says, 
Some men came, four of whom got the pallet. One on this corner, one on that corner, one in the back, one over here. And they picked him up and they tried to bring him to Jesus. But the saints were packed in the house so tight. The holy folk were so busy getting theirs. There was no path to get this man to Jesus. So these four deacons did not say, well, we tried. We did the best we could. We came as far as we can go. No, no. They went to the back of the house. Who am I talking about? Some men. Not even Aaron and her. Just some men. Went to the back of the house. Created a pulley system. Pulled the man up onto the roof. Tore a hole in somebody's roof. Homeowner's insurance notwithstanding. Tore a hole in the man's roof. Lowered the man into the presence of Jesus. And when Jesus saw this man coming down, he never said a word about that paralyzed man's faith. He said, son, their faith. Some men's faith, some women's faith, some deacon's faith, somebody who invested enough in you to get you to me, their faith has saved your soul all because help was wanted and somebody answered a wanted. Help wanted, I'm telling you. God does not need people whose primary preoccupation is to get credit. To get recognition. To make sure that they are known for every little thing that they do. My first church was also named St. Paul. St. Paul Baptist Church in Montclair, New Jersey. I was there from 1976 to 1986. I found there a largely older women's auxiliary called the Helping Hands Club. I had to wait to find out what that meant <laughs> till the first funeral. I had gone to the graveside. This is north of New Jersey. This was this was inclement weather, standing in the snow. I started there in January, standing in the snow. Came back to the church. And the family already knew this routine. I did not know it. When we got back to the church, Dr. Scott, I began to catch the aroma. Home cooking from the basement. Went downstairs to inquire the origins and the basis and the substance of fried chicken and biscuits and collard greens and pot liquor soup, macaroni and cheese, and peach cobbler. Come to find out, the Helping Hands Club set to themselves the assignment of preparing a home-cooked meal for every family coming back from the graveside. 
Some people wouldn't even leave the church to go to the graveside for fear they might miss out on the meal waiting for them when they came back. I was so impressed. I was so moved by this ministry that I inquired of their president. Her name was Margaret Carter. Her name was, and for as long as I stayed there, she was still the president of the Helping Hands Club, Sister Margaret Carter. I said, Sister Carter, how how do I express appreciation to the Helping Hands Club? She said, you don't have to. I said, well, how, how do I let the church know how much I appreciate what you all have done? She said, you don't have to. I said, well, suppose I want to have a day where I recognize the members of the Helping Hands Club and I want to somehow recognize you. She said, well, if you you insist on doing something, then don't give it to me. Give it to us. And just, just say, some women. We don't, we don't need a wall plaque. We don't need an anniversary occasion. We, we don't need anything that singularizes us as an individual. You are not deacon. You are born of deacons. You work and labor together in the ministry of God through Christ under the direction of your pastor to the glory of God, to the benefit of your congregation. And let me tell you when you are going to get your recognition. Don't don't want any recognition. Don't wait for any recognition. Don't don't expect anything from St. Paul. You in the end you aren't even laboring for St. Paul. None of us labors for an individual church. None of us is in ministry because one congregation sees our gifts. Let me tell you one of the strangest moments in my 34 years as a pastor. Same St. Paul Baptist Church, Montclair, New Jersey. They gave me a fifth anniversary in my seventh year. I've been trying to figure this out all this time. I started in 1976. I got my fifth anniversary in 1983. Not 1981. 1983. I guess it took him two years to either plan it or figure out if I deserve one. I don't know which one it was. But but uh, I got my fifth anniversary in my seventh year. Now these were in northern New Jersey black folk of the highest sophistication. And these, these folks were bougie to the extreme. So much so that at a black Baptist preacher's fifth anniversary, they did not serve fried chicken. It was beneath them. They served capon. (laughs) They didn't serve collard greens. They served mixed vegetables. (laughs) Didn't have the world famous red Baptist punch. They had frappe, red bread punch with ice cream, serpent. And they didn't give the preacher any money. Well, they did, but they couldn't call it that because it was beneath them. 
So they gave me a purse. Not, not, a, not a handbag. It was money in an envelope, but they could not bring themselves to say, here is some money. It was a purse. I'm telling you, these were some high-class folks. <laughs> At the end of which, chairperson of the deacon board came to me and said, well, now I know you're happy now. And I said, I wonder why you think I'm happier now than I was when the day began or yesterday or last week. I mean, what happened today that would conclude you to say, I know you're happy now. He said, well, look at what we just did for you. I said, oh, 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 I see. You, 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 you're talking about the K-pop. You are still reflecting back on the mixed vegetables. You are infatuated with the frappe. And you're so proud of the purse. I had to ask him to sit down. Now, when I'm not distraught, I know the English language. I could have asked him to sit down. But this time, I could not ask him because he had got on my last nerve. So I had to ask him to sit down so I could do some axing on him. I said, when your son was arrested and sitting in jail and you called me in the middle of the night because you knew that I knew the chief of police and maybe if I went down there and said a word on his behalf, maybe they put him out on bond and not keep him in jail. Now, do you think I did that because someday maybe I might get some capon? When I made hospital calls over three states, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, do you think I did that driving across all those bridges and all those highways, singing to myself, someday mixed vegetables are going to come my way, someday frappe is going to come my way, someday a purse is going to come. Man, what is wrong with you? I don't do what I do for your capon or your mixed vegetables or your frappe or your purse. Nothing that you can give me is what I want in the long run. I don't want plaques and I don't want certificates. I got so many plaques and certificates and wall clocks and pin sets. I got no place to put all that stuff. I don't need any of that unless one more thing comes as well. I hope you want what I want. I hope that when your traveling days are done, I hope when you close your eyes on this side of time, I hope when you've prayed your last prayer, made your last visit, preached your last sermon, uh, put the last body in the ground, I hope you want what I want. I hope you want to make your way up the king's highway. I hope you want to get past Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I 
hope you want to get past Peter, James, and John. I hope you want to get right up on the throne of grace. I hope you see angels and archangels hovering all around the presence of God. And I hope beyond all measure that when you get up there, he'll look at the body of your work, at your prayer life, at your Bible study, at your devotion, at everything you've done in his name and just say two words to you. That's all I want. I just want to. I don't want much. I won't need much time. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. The battle is fought. The victory is won. I put out a help wanted sign and you answered it with, with, with dignity and with perseverance and with faithfulness. You made your church proud. You made your God satisfied. Well done. Well done. Well done. Serve till God says, well done. Pray till God says, well done. Work till God says, well done. Stay on your knees till God says, well done. Keep on laboring till God says, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for this powerful, mighty word. And let's give God praise for this powerful, prolific, prophetic preacher. Thank you, Dr. McMickle. You are the right person for this time. Am I right, St. Paul? In order to say... And to hear God say, well done, there has to be a relationship. Who did it well? There has to be a relationship with the one who did it the very best we know. And that's Jesus Christ. And if you're here right now, I want to offer that relationship with you, to you rather, in you acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here right now, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if this prayer is meant for you, I'm going to ask you to answer the call leader to Christian discipleship or to salvation. And I just want you to, if you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads for a word of prayer at this time. And repeat after me, God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. I want to live for you. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be in the name of Jesus I claim the gift of your salvation thank you for eternal life in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I pray this prayer
Amen. I need you to do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, your mind, in your spirit. You're sincere about that prayer. You want a change of life. You want God to do something remarkable and outstanding and amazing in your life. Guess what? He can. You're not saved by your works. You're saved by placing your faith and confidence in none other than Jesus Christ. If I'm talking to you right now, if I'm talking to you right now, you're in this physical space. And you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're in this physical space and you want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want you to just do me a favor. Hold up your hand right now. If this prayer was meant for you, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. 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 Nothing to be ashamed of. I want you to do me this favor. Hear me and hear me well. If you got your hand up, I want you to come down right now. Deacons, you can disperse among the congregation. If you got your hand up, would you go ahead and come on down right now? I don't want you to leave this place without knowing that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If that's you, go ahead and come. I see someone trying to come right now. Dot, would you go get our sister? God bless you. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Let's give God praise for the one that is coming. Hallelujah. Will there be another? 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 Just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Will there be another? Will there be another? Will there be another? Here's my second call. We're going to wait on you, dear. Here's my second call, and I want you to hear me here. But well, if you're in the house and you know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sin, but you don't have a church home. You're saying to yourself, listen, I've been coming to St. Paul for a moment, haven't committed to a church. Well, guess what? I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you don't have a church home, you're not connected to a church in a meaningful way. Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? If you're not connected to a church in a meaningful way, you don't have a church home, you don't have a pastor. Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Nothing to be ashamed of. We're not going to put you on front street. Nothing to be ashamed of. If you're in the house right now, you don't have a church home. Amen. You don't have a pastor. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have your hand up, you're looking for a place to connect, to belong, to become a part of as far as the family is concerned. I want to invite you to come on down right now. If you don't have a church home, let me be your pastor. Let these men and women be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If that's you, would you go ahead and move right now? Go ahead and move right now. Anyone looking to get connected to a church home? Anyone looking to get connected to a church home? Anyone looking to get connected to a church home? Would you hold up your hand? Amen. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online, as far as becoming a candidate for baptism, I want you on Facebook on our website. Type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers are going to reach out to you. Or if you are listening to us on YouTube or on the telephone, email us at connect or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Someone's going to reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow to see how we can serve you to become a part of our church family. Amen? Amen. If you are in the church or if you're watching us online as far as Christian experience is concerned, you know who God is, but you want to connect with us and you're watching us on Zoom or on our various social platforms, if you're watching us on Facebook or on the church website, would you just type in connect in the chat box? 
digital minister going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Someone's going to reach out to you by five o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. Can you help me do, uh, do a wonderful favor? Can we celebrate this sister that has made her way down? God bless you. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. We could do a whole lot better than that. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, hey. I'm going to do what Jesus told the man in the text. Your sins are forgiven. I want you to walk in the newness that God has for you. I want you to claim the wholeness that God has for you. And I want you to let God dry your tears and heal you. Do you want that? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Give me your name, dear heart. Adrian. Adrian. Adrian, bow your head for just a quick word of prayer. God, right now, our sister has come. Touch her. Heal her. Let her know that she can walk in authentic forgiveness. And let her know she got a new family. We celebrate her coming and having the faith to press her way even now. I don't know how she got here, but God, she's here. I don't know if she had four people to bring her or somebody to uphold her arms, but Lord, she's here. And for that, we say thank you. Give her the wholeness that she so desperately needs right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to do me this favor. Um, we're going to take you. and we, uh, So you coming back home. All right. I want you to do me this favor. Uh, just go over there because I just prayed for you. I want you to go over there and we're going to get you situated. All right. But as you go over there, I want you to know that God's got you. Amen. Oh, we got somebody else coming. Oh, okay. Somebody's just coming down. All right. All right. Just go over there. And as you go, we're going to give you encouragement through our shout and praise. Amen. Come on. Let's give God praise for Adrian. Oh, we can do a whole lot better than that. Sometimes you just got to encourage your own. Thank you. We're getting ready. Thank you, Adrian. We're going to continue to lift you up in prayer. We have been blessed by this incredible preacher. We've been blessed by all of you showing up today. Um, This is what I'm going to ask that we do. We're getting ready to leave. However, I need for all the deacons and yeah, all the deacons, because y'all all deacons now. I need for all the deacons to stay. We're going to take pictures um, uh, uh, after uh, worship. So Deborah's going to get us situated. Um, so I want to get a picture with the new deacons and then with all the deacons ministry. 
uh, we're going to do that. And um, so we're going to ask that you all would stand. Uh, Elson, get on that organ. Yeah. You know what organ I want you on. Yeah. Can we celebrate our preacher once again? Thank you, Dr. Marvin McMichael, so much. We have been blessed by your presence and by your word. We're getting ready to get out of here. Um, it's been a wonderful day. I'm so glad to see so many of you all in the house today. Please be safe as we get ready to leave out here again. Deacons, uh, if you would just stay um, put while everyone else uh, can, can leave. All heads bowed, all eyes closed, and prepared to leave from this place. God, we thank you for what the word has been shared in this moment. And we thank you right now for the preaching of Dr. Marvin Andrew McMichael. Help wanted. You've been keeping that sign out ever since humanity was created and fell in the garden. Help wanted. And Lord, I thank you that we got a little bit more help here at the St. Paul Church. And now, God, it's prepared to leave from this place, but never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy to the wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. We're going to have the doxology. I'm not going to ask you all to stretch across that, but we're going to have the doxology, and you'll lift your hands up if we do the praise God. Come on, Elsa. Open up that thing. of our ushers. Is that Dr. Yvette Martin? Hey, Dr. Martin. God bless you. Thank you for joining us in worship. Amen. Uh, for those that have family members, you may want to stay if you have family members, but be seated. Don't come up here. Amen. Just be seated. All right. 
Uh, deacons, I need you to, if we could, let's move this table. And Dr. McMickle, do you mind taking pictures with the newly minted deacons? Amen. All right. 